I'm so glad you're with us here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you and that wallet of yours. I want you to learn ideas from me so you can keep more of what you make. Coming up in just a few minutes in today's Clark Rageous Moment, Wells Fargo is in the news again, and it's not good. You know that shame on you, shame on me rule? You're still doing business with Wells Fargo? Wow, what are you thinking? Coming up yet later, speaking of banks, I want to tell you some garbage that banks peddle to you that can rip you off and rip off your loved ones if you unexpectedly pass away. I talk now about some stuff that's going on where you and I are kind of pawns in a big game. There's a massive fight going on about how the Visa MasterCard cartel rip off restaurants and retailers, charging massive fees to process credit cards through their systems. It costs, the last estimate I saw was just pennies to process a credit card transaction But for retailers and restaurants, they're being billed roughly two and a half dollars of every hundred that people charge. It's one of the biggest expenses that businesses face. And it is absolutely an outrage because elsewhere in the world, credit card processing fees are relatively small. We are the only country that has allowed cartel pricing for credit card processing. That's how those of us like me that that um, game the system and get all these rewards from credit card companies and we're making out like bandits. Actually, it's the the cartel that's the bandits. You and I are just getting crumbs from that with the rewards. And so retailers and restaurateurs end up either making less profit or having to charge more to cover the massive amounts that are being swiped from them by the cartel with the processing fees. So how do you get consumers to play a role in this? Because right now we are just pawns. Several states have the right idea. The latest to get this right is New York State because of a court ruling. And now this is also true in the other three largest states in the country, California, Texas, and Florida. A merchant, in most cases, is now allowed to charge you more if you use a credit card. And that's how it should be. It should be the free market. And so if a merchant says the price is $10, or if you use a credit card, it's $10.30, then you'll be able to make that choice. Do you want to hand over a $10 bill or use a stored value card or prepaid card or debit card, or do you still really want those rewards so much that you'll pay the $10.30? See, I love what the big four states have done 
because it then allows the marketplace to sort this out. And if enough consumers decide the rewards aren't worth it, then the merchant fees will change. Period. It's really simple. And so this should become national policy that every retailer, restaurateur, anybody who you're buying things from, they should be able to offer you a differentiation of price. I'm so used to this when I'm overseas. And it's weird that it's not been common here. The only place it's ever been common in the United States is gas stations, where gas stations will have a cash price in some parts of the country and a price for credit. And now a number of the big um, convenience store chains are offering a deal that if you get their payment card, you save so many cents per gallon. So we'll see how this plays. But the other story is, and we had a call about this just recently, more and more places are saying, we don't accept cash because they're trying to prevent robberies. A lot of places that are open late night, bars, that kind of place, they don't want to take cash because it makes them a target for the armed robberies. Because how much cash may be coming through the till each night. And to keep employees safe, they don't want cash. So I completely get that. Also, that keeping workers safe is priceless. Francisco's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Francisco. How are you, sir? It's a great honor to be on your show with you. Well, it's great to have you here, and I understand that you are one of the brave men of our U.S. military. Is that right? Yes, sir, it is. Uh, which branch are you in, Francisco? Um, U.S. Army Reserves. And uh, if you're allowed to say, what part of the world are you deploying to? And I just asked my first sergeant, and they told me I couldn't say. Oh, okay. All right. Well, well, thank you for putting your life on the line for our freedom. Thanks, sir. How can I be of service to you? Because you're obviously Captain, being of service to us. <laughs> Captain, so are you, Captain Howard. Thank you. But, but you know, I, I mean, everything I do is uh, non-combat related. So that puts me in a whole different mode than what you're up to. Well, everybody does their part in a different way. So thank you, sir. Certainly. Um, so they, my first sergeant uh, with my uh, XO, which actually I'm here at the unit right now with my first sergeant, um, he asked me to do a financial briefing for our unit. We'll be leaving on the 25th. And um, because I'm always talking about finance, I always talk about you and how much you have helped me through what I have, uh, really. Um, and so I, I compiled like a form and I want to see if there is anything else that I should include and who more than you to let me know what I, what I should do. Well, without so your I, cheat sheet, let me give you some things that I want to make sure you have on it, Okay. Okay, thank you. And then I'd love to hear the things I didn't name that I should have. So anybody who has a vehicle wants to contact their auto insurance company because they may uh, allow you to have a much lower cost policy while you're deployed for your auto coverage. Okay. And 
uh, for any of your fellow reservists that are married or have a significant other, you need to make sure that that you've allowed a family member or someone you know you can trust to have power of attorney to act on your behalf while you're deployed overseas. Roger that. And you need to have some access to funds for the loved ones left behind. And it could be a joint savings account or something like that. Or the ability with you with online access to banking that if money is needed by a loved one that you have the ability to transfer that electronically because most duty stations, even deployed overseas, you'll have access to the ability to do this with internet access some amount of the time. And speaking of that, if you've not set up online bill pay, you should set up online bill pay. So you can make sure your payments are current. And any of your fellow reservists who own a home, you want to notify your mortgage provider. And for anyone with credit cards, your credit card companies, that you're deployed overseas. You know, with the credit cards, it means you automatically qualify for a lower interest rate on any outstanding balance. Same for car loans. Very well. Um, and I'm for, taking notes as, as you're talking, sir. Thank okay. You. Um, and another thing is that uh, there may be some level of combat pay that you're eligible for while you're deployed. And often that will mean that there's special privileges for putting money in uh, into the thrift savings plan under very favorable terms. Okay. And uh, a lot of the enlisted personnel probably have not been contributing to their TSP. Yeah, she had told me that. <laughs> so on active duty, I want them, that's the number one thing I want to make sure they do is take some of this money and fund it into the TSP while they're on active duty. TSP is the best retirement plan any of us have. Sure is. Yeah, it, it's it's very good. I preach about it. I gave a class on the uh, when we were going to change uh, from one to the other. Uh, you know, because you can stay in the traditional and not getting the five percent um, on it. Although everybody automatically gets the one percent, um, still people didn't so, uh, sign up. So. I will drive it again, a direct order from Captain Clark. Yep, uh, that is that is a direct <laughs> order. You know, and, and when I speak to when I speak at um, military posts, I always talk about the TSP and I notice the officers are writing furiously and the enlisted personnel often are staring out the window. So that's, that's true. Very so true. that's an area that I'd say I fail at with enlisted personnel. Um, quickly I wanted to say that I I hate to mention this because you are going into potentially a war theater, but if, uh, if members of your reserve unit do not have a will, I want them to set up a will to protect their loved ones. Yeah, we actually got taken care of all that as our pre-deployment uh, readiness. And right. then we have, the, you know, the will and the powers of attorneys and, and all that. And we're still oh, great. one more we actually will leave country. Um, and I will reinforce if anybody didn't get it to get it. And what's on your list that I missed? All right. Um, so what I was 
what I wanted to cover was what I want. What I'm going to tell them, and I put the information is Credit Karma to get that so they can see it. Of course, Credit Freeze. Um, I also noticed that there is a uh, deployment uh, alert in your credit, but I, I, I was confused on that. Which one will be better, a, a Credit Freeze or a deployment alert on the credit? Credit Freeze. Okay, that's what I thought. Um, also, the ATM uh, limit, uh, and I heard that from your show, too, because my ATM is only like $15 limit, so nobody can use it if I lose it, um, or, you know, for the point of sale. Uh, deployment, alert and credit. Okay, sellers and soldiers, what you touch. Uh, and I got your free financial if, uh, information for spouses from your website as well, and I want to share that. And the identity theft uh, from the Federal Trade Commission. Um, that it was a link from your uh, from your website as well. Well, and it sounds like had. you have been extremely thorough. I mean, your <laughs> your sergeant must be very proud of you. My first sergeant will never say that, but you know. <laughs> I, <hopefully>. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will tell you, the captain is proud of you. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Great job, and please be safe overseas. We sure will. We'll do our best. All right, best to you, and you know, there the bravery of our fellow Americans who choose an all-volunteer military to put their lives on the line for us is something that I am so thankful for, and we should all appreciate what they do to preserve our freedom. Today's Clark Rageous moment is something that I've held back on. i got to tell you the truth. I felt like I was becoming the Clark Rage of Wells Fargo of the day, and so we've taken a hiatus from picking on Wells Fargo for a while, but, well, I can't ignore this one. I got to share with you yet another reason why Wells Fargo does not belong in your life. Scams, rip-offs, outrages. It's a Clark Regis moment. So Wells Fargo just reached another settlement over cheating its customers. And now is having to pay a fine of just under $600 million to various states for the continuing misdeeds at Wells Fargo. The problem started, problems, I like that term. The cheating of their customers started in 2002. That's a new early start date and continued till, by some measures, 2016, by others, early 2017. What kind of things did they do? Well, Wells Fargo, this ties right back to our prior call, Wells Fargo specifically was cheating active duty military service personnel, pushing them into for uh, repossessions, delinquencies and repossessions of their vehicles while they were deployed overseas against the law. They ripped off 600,000 auto loan borrowers with junk insurance that people did not sign up for, didn't want, didn't need. They repossessed tens of thousands of cars on which people were not delinquent on their loans and ruined their credit, and they had no transportation. This is on top of all the stuff that went on with 
the three million fake accounts that were open harming people. Wells Fargo is still rotten to the core. Let me tell you how I know that. Because Wells Fargo is still under a, a restriction from the federal regulators that they are not allowed to grow the bank for another year. It was just extended again because Wells Fargo still hasn't proved they've cleaned up their act. I know there's some hassle you may feel changing your bank. There are many better choices. Kick them to the curb. Glad you're here with us on the Clark Howard Show where it's about your empowerment with knowledge so you can keep more of what you make. And I got to tell you, I am so glad to be part of what's really a small group of us that every day what we do is we do what we can to serve you as a consumer, to make sure that we help you avoid common ripoffs and cons and companies that should know better but treat you like dirt anyway. And so I'm so pleased to be joined by the great David Lazarus, the uh, columnist extraordinaire with the Los Angeles Times who has a writing style where the words just come alive almost like a symphony orchestra of words. How do you like that intro, David? There is no possible way I can live up to this, so goodbye, everybody. <laughs> no, <laughs> you, are, you are a phenomenal writer, and I love the way you take something on and you won't let go of it until you're able to both teach and serve the person who tipped you off in the first place anyway. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I guess in a sense, uh, I'm a pit bull. Uh, in another sense, I'm just ornery. Uh, and, and both of those do well, as you know, in our line of work. Well, I'm so glad I never make you mad. <laughs> yeah, well, ask my wife, because she routinely kicks my butt. Okay. <laughs> well, David, you wrote something recently about something that's a real um, aggravation of mine. And that is when you're doing business with a company... And they say, well, while you're at it, we've got this special benefit we'd like to offer you and have you pay us for it. And it'll be some kind of uh, insurance plan or added protection plan where they don't use the word insurance in it or whatever. And you told a story that just infuriated me about a son dealing with his mom's death and being treated like dirt by one of the nation's giant monster mega banks. Yeah, we're talking about Citigroup here, and it was a daughter, not a son, but that changes oh, nothing sorry. in this case. And what we're talking about is a product called credit protection, which most of the big credit card issuers offer. It's a form of insurance. They don't use that word, but that's basically what it is. They're going to charge you on a monthly basis a percentage of whatever balance you're carrying. In Citi's case, that was $0.85 cents for every $100 in debt you had to them. And in return, they were offering peace of mind. If you lost your job, if you became disabled, or even, God forbid, you died, there would be 
safety for you. So you lose your debt or you lose your job and you can't make your payments. Well, they wouldn't hit you with late fees and your credit score wouldn't be dinged. Okay. You know, I see the upside of that. In the case of your untimely demise, they would wipe clean all of your credit card debt so that your estate or your loved ones wouldn't be left holding the bag. And to some people, that's going to be a very attractive product. And I wrote about a woman named Rebecca Anderson. She lived in Wisconsin who had this product through her city credit card. She paid for it. She was carrying a balance of about 3600 bucks, and unfortunately, just dropped dead one day. It turned out to be a cardiac condition. Uh, nobody saw it coming. It was just out of the blue, a complete medical emergency. And her next of kin, shortly after that, while getting their hands around her, her financial situation and you know starting to clean house, looked at one of her statements, saw that she had been paying these fees to this credit protection program, and said, well, okay, that's great. That's 3600 bucks. we're not going to have to worry about. So they went online, saw what it looked like, saw that it involved death, downloaded the, the claim form, sent it in, sent in a, a certificate of death that had been notarized, all good. And then not long after, they get a letter from Citi saying, yeah, not so much. We're not going to pay that because it wasn't an accidental death. It was a natural death. And, yeah, we don't cover that. All right, so so let's go back a second, David, because yeah. one of the things you wrote on City's website, it says your balance will be wiped clean in the event of death. It doesn't say in the event of a particular kind of death. It just says in the event of death. And it wouldn't be hard to put the word accidental right there. So we're not talking about a big issue of disclosure. And this is a key element of this. And this is what I think moves this situation into the bait and switch territory. Because without disclosing that the fine print is going to distinguish between a piano falling on you and you just simply dropping dead from a stroke or a heart attack, which is a, an important distinction, uh, then oh, they're pianos not really fall on people routinely, David. Well, in cartoons they do. Okay. Uh, you know, I know fully about that. I saw Roger Rabbit. I know how these things work. Okay. Uh, okay. You know, or you could have been hit by a bus or you fall down an elevator shaft or whatever. An accidental death. As opposed to what happened to Ms. Anderson, where she just drops dead one day because her ticker goes kerblooey. Now, I understand there's a distinction to be made here, but you're kind of splitting hairs, let's be honest. But the bottom line is, if you're not disclosing this clearly, then I don't think you can just spring this on people afterwards and say, yeah, not so much, because the onus is really on the offerer of the product to make sure that all the disclosures are made. And it turns out you can go all over the city website, and there is no link to the terms and conditions. You do not get that access until you can log in as a cardholder. So even if you're shopping around, you can't get a look at it until you can log on to the site and that also strikes me as hinky because, you know, if you don't have something to hide, don't hide it, is the bottom line here. Yeah, but and there's something, David, that bothered me more in your story. The letter that, imagine you're a grieving daughter, and you get back a letter that says these words that you quote, the program terms and conditions specify that the death must be the result of accidental injury that occurred within 90 days prior to the date of death. The death was not the result of an accidental injury. Therefore, the benefit cannot be activated. Who writes a letter like that to a grieving loved one? 
Oh, I mean, agree more. It's so heartless. I mean, it just now, you know, to be sure, this is a very large corporation. Obviously, they're using a lot of form letters. But still, there's nobody in the operation who was able to point at this and say, you know, this doesn't really put us in a good light. And I don't mind saying that after this column came out, City contacted me and they were really unhappy, chiefly because I made them look like a bunch of heartless and we don't use had, words like that on our show. No, I just beep that out. Do don't it. use dirty words anymore. I'm this is a family gonna, I'm show. I'm the last guy who would call these guys heartless. So I'm oh, not you did it, it again. I got to oh, kill it oh, twice. Oh, it was again. But, but, you know, here's the thing. If the shoe fits, and, and in this case, I think City knew that they had been backed into a corner because you got your disclosure issues, you got your heartlessness issues, and then you've got a product that they don't offer anymore, but they still service it. Therefore, it's a valid, active product. And it took the, the grieving family going to a reporter and having that reporter use, you know, his particular muscle to get these guys to, to come around. I'm happy to say that City, you know, then said, well, gosh, we feel bad about this family, so we're going to do the right thing and wipe away all of that credit card debt. But it shouldn't have taken me to do that. But the point that's so valuable about you writing about this, I do not want people buying croak and choke insurance. That mm. Any of the, the junk insurance that the mortgage companies are selling, the credit card companies are selling that this stuff is overpriced and really if you think it through the real beneficiary of this is not the individual paying for it it's the lender itself because in most cases family members have no responsibility or liability for that credit card debt anyway well your estate can get stuck with it and in certain states with uh, common property laws your spouse could get stuck with it as well but you're right to a certain extent. And, and moreover, uh, you know, these guys crunch the numbers. They've got their actuarial tables, and they know full well that the product is intended first and foremost to be profitable and not meant to be some kind of social safety net. And I'm with you. I feel that, generally speaking, uh, it's not a wise investment of your money. Kind of like extended warranties. Uh, generally speaking, I would say an extended warranty is also a waste of your money, unless you're going to sleep better at night. And that's a key thing with insurance. If it will let you sleep better at night, then okay. I understand that. You know, what price do you put on peace of mind? But from a financial perspective, generally speaking, no, these deals favor the person or the, or the entity offering the product as opposed to the recipient who feels that they have now just bought coverage in, that will protect them should uh, the unfortunate happen. Generally speaking, there are so many weasel words in these contracts that you're not going to be getting the, contra the, 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 the product that you thought you bought. So I'll tell you the funniest thing to end with. My brother had a credit card that covered uh, things that are lost or stolen. And so he buys something with the credit card. He's on a trip and he loses it. I was some kind of, I, forget, I think it was electronics or something. So the item, he doesn't know if it's stolen, lost, whatever. So he files a claim. And you got to do all this paperwork and all that. So you're not going to believe the credit card company denied the claim saying that the item was neither lost nor stolen, it was a mysterious disappearance, and therefore the claim was denied. Oh, I just hate it when things fall into black holes like that. Isn't yeah. that crazy? Or, or when aliens take them, yeah. So 
I appreciate so much that you are this consumer cop on the beat. Keep that passion and let's help people and let them avoid those bear traps, especially with those giant monster mega banks. Uh, thank you, Clark. And if I could get any message to the listeners, it would be read the fine print and know what you're buying. That is so perfect. Thank you very much, David. Have a great day. It's great to have you join us again. You too. Thanks so much. Sure. Now, my thing with any kind of insurance, never insure little things. Insure the big things. Have a life insurance policy on yourself. Level term best. Have a disability insurance policy if you're working so that if you can't work, you got something bringing money in. But don't insure your new television. Don't insure little things for specific occurrences. Do the big things that really matter for you and your family. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget, giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Wes is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Wes. How are you doing? I'm good, Clark. How are you? Great. Thank you, Wes. You're looking for a car. I am. My old Toyota Sienna is on its last legs. And uh, how many years well, of loyal service did the Sienna give you? Oh, gosh, over 10. I've got uh, over 200,000 miles on it. Great. And it's on bad shape, but it's got a lot of niggling problems. Anyway, looking for a used car loan. And I'm a loyal uh, credit union person. And I have gotten a uh, pre-qualified for a rate for my credit union, which is uh, 3.68%. I have excellent credit. On a used vehicle, 3.68, that's great. Yeah, and for my research, you know, I've gone to several websites and done some research, and I think that's about the going rate. But there is one other company that I won't mention that is offering 2.7, and I mentioned that in my email uh, to you. Oh, I haven't seen that. So uh, go ahead and name them, and if I need to, I'll I'll wipe it out. Okay, it's AAA. Oh, well, AAA is not like a normal company. They are they're, uh, like a cooperative that you're a member of for road service and things like that. And yep. so AAA will write that loan for 2. Point what? 2.7. Yeah. Well, you got to do yeah. that, right? <laughs> well, and I'm, that's what I'm wondering is if uh, that's what I can't find is um, are they any good? Can I trust them? Um, yeah, I mean, you can, you can trust your AAA. I mean, okay. you know, you trust them to provide you services for, I don't know, how many years? How long have you been a AAA member? Oh, gosh, probably 25 years. Have they ever treated you like dirt? Not for road service, but that's all I use them for is road service. So, 
A yeah. used car loan is a different thing, you know? So you're fine. You're fine. I, I okay. wouldn't worry about that at all. Okay. So, so you, don't, you don't have any information on their ratings or... Oh, AAA. You know. I mean, AAA is, is an organization that has stood the test of time. And the only complaint people ever have involves time when they wait too long sure. for the tow truck. But yeah. as an organization, if they're willing to write you a, a loan, because in some ways, AAA is kind of like going to a credit union. Right. And it's, it's all about uh, being a nonprofit. And so if they'll write you a whole point lower, grab it. Okay. That was it. I'd feel, I'd feel comfortable with it. And I hope that whatever used vehicle you get that you haven't inspected by a mechanic of your choosing. Oh, of course. And never trust those certified pre-owned things that people try to tell you, oh, this vehicle's great. It's been through our 144-point check or whatever they say. And uh, trust us. Uh-uh. What's that the, they talk about in missile defense? Trust and but verify? Yeah. Do that with any used vehicle you're buying. Jonathan's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Jonathan. Hey, Clark. Um, first, I just want to say it's a true pleasure to talk to you. I discovered you on the radio uh, many years ago when I was 18 or 19 years old, and all of my financial health is due to following and listening to your advice. So thank you. Well, you're really kind to say that. Thank you. Um, so I am hoping to pass some of this on to a foster daughter that I have. She just started her first W-2 earning job. Um, she is interested in saving money. And I know you've talked about custodial Ross. And what I wonder is, am I able to do that for a foster child? And what, um, if I can, what type of issues might I face if she returns back to her natural um, family or moves to a new foster home? What do you, what do you think about that? So unless it's a violation of uh, the rules for being a foster parent in the state where you are a foster parent, it is just fine for you to be the custodial for her. And then when she reaches the age of adulthood, which in a lot of states is 18, she would gain full control of the Roth account. Okay, that's good to hear. And so uh, I know of, unless it's specifically prohibited under the foster care rules in your state, you can do that. Gotcha. And then the last question I have is, does that hurt her applying for college to have... Uh, not at all, account? because it's a Fantastic. retirement asset. It's not supposed to be spent till she's 59 and a half or older, and that's a real advantage for her having it in the retirement account. And doing so at uh, 16 means that she's got, uh, gosh, 50 years of <laughs> tax-free growth and then ultimately tax-free spending, whatever money right. she puts in the Roth. And you can open one at Fidelity Investments with no minimum. Right. I like the zero funds that you talk about. Yeah. So that would be a great choice for her. And uh, it's great that you have chosen to be a foster parent. It is something that you're doing such a great thing for a fellow human being and that she is focused and working and serious about saving. Good for her. Good for you. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. 
Thanks for joining us today. The Clark Howard Show is produced by Kim Drobes, Joel Larsgaard, Deborah Reese, and Jim Ayers. And remember, 24 hours a day, we're there to serve you at Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com.